All right, and welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me today, I have a twofer, actual anarchy in the house, Robert and Daniel. How's it going? What's up? Thanks for having us. Well, I would say blood pressure, but I fixed that problem, so now I can say blood alcohol level. So there you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah, and I'm not at work, so that's not going to get me in trouble at all. So... <laughs> Anyways, guys, how's it going? It's going well yep, for being on lockdown in FEMA Region 6 or wherever the, whichever yeah. one we're in. Yeah, I, I probably need to look up my FEMA region and uh, decide if I'm going to be the warlord of that region or not. You know. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I've been on with you uh, once before. It was uh, right around Halloween in 2018. Yeah, it, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, a little while. And, you know, we... <laughs> I think back then we were like, hey, you should come on our show. And yeah. we haven't done that yet. No, not at all. I was like, kept waiting for that email, but it just never showed up. Yeah. Just so kidding. we'll make it happen. <laughs> no, it's a, it's been a, yeah, it's been a long time. I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, when was the last time I had Daniel on? I had to go scrolling back. And I was like, ooh, it's been a long time. And I've never uh, actually talked to Robert yet. So, yeah, this is true. I am a uh, rebel. <laughs> Rebel Virgin. So it's Rebel good to be here. <laughs> what well, is uh, what is Rebel with the Cause? Tell me about it. Uh, well, I started this just basically doing it in my car uh, whenever I had free time because uh, I uh, part time drive for Uber, and in Baton Rouge, it's uh, not too busy, so uh, you get plenty of uh, time in between calls. So I would just uh, take out the old phone and just start recording whatever was on my mind. Sometimes I would. Uh, do like a national story or a local story and do whatever libertarian liberty bent to it. And then eventually it's kind of grown into the show now where I just get people on. We have a little talk about liberty stuff, basically the, uh, what I refer to as the back porch or barbecue episodes, but we're just kind of shooting the shit for a little bit. Sometimes fun stuff happens. So right on. I dig it. (laughs) Yeah. Are you from there? Like originally? No, originally I'm from my mother. Um, Louisiana is just kind of where I ended up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, born in Omaha, Nebraska. Moved out west to Nevada for a little bit. Texas, Louisiana, Georgia. I've been all over. He's been everywhere, man. Yeah, exactly. Johnny Cash. That's right. Hence the black hat. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, Louisiana is kind of like a black hole. Every time I try to leave, it always brings me back. I recently just tried to move to Dallas and that wasn't working out. So I had to move back again. So, well, what's Louisiana look like right now? Um, it's sort of shut down and it really sucks when uh, your entire state just requires tourism dollars from New Orleans and you can't mm-hmm. go to a bar. <laughs> and New Orleans was one of like the hardest hit areas because, you know, you've got people stacked on top of people and they live dirty. So yeah, not, not been too fun, but here recently I, noticed that there was a sharp increase in uh, traffic going around town. So I think people have reached the point where I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to drive around now. So, Yeah, same here. I am in a, living in a small, tiny little town, but it was a ghost town for at least a month or two. And now yeah. it's almost back to full normal, if not yeah. bigger than normal on weekends, which is nice. Yeah, now you just get the, uh, the dirty looks when you walk into a store or something with no mask or gloves on. So... Uh, we'll have to adjust to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, neither am I. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. I mean, I want to respect their private property and what they do. You know, this is what they want me to do to go into the, on their property. But it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> really? Are we going to have the airpoint checkpoints at every freaking double door going into a store? Yeah, the only time I've actually been stopped going into a place was to the clinic because I had to go do like my yearly blood work type stuff. And there they had a nurse stationed out in front giving you the uh, the, temp- the the thermometer and, the, you know, give you a little sticker that says you're OK to be inside. But so far, that's been the only thing. What about all the asymptomatic carriers? I thought that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. OK. I mean, how are you going to tell one way or the other if they're asymptomatic? You know, then exactly. do they really have it? You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my uh, younger brother actually had it and he spent four days in the hospital 
And one of those days he had 103 temperature and they couldn't get it to lower. So they actually had to put ice bags underneath his uh, armpits trying, mm. trying to reduce mm. his fever. And he, he has asthma. recovery. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's up and about now, but uh, we're a little worried because he has asthma. So, okay. But yeah, he pulled through, you know, he survived. He He's one of the 98.8% that survived the thing. So, you know, did he give it to anybody else? Uh, his family, because afterwards they wanted to test them. They all had antibodies for it. So at some point they got exposed, but didn't show it or might have had mild symptoms. But he right. thinks he got it from some guy at work who just looked like he was about to die. So, hmm. yeah, it was my understanding that eventually they expect nearly everyone to get it. Yeah, and that's that's been the rumor. Yeah, yeah, until there's a herd immunity, <clears throat> and then I guess everyone would have the antibodies or, or would it work where the virus just wouldn't be able to penetrate like beyond that? Yeah. Like it just uh, be ineffective. Yeah. I think uh, for the most part, it probably spreads really quickly, but then, you know, if you're not over the age of 50 and already have like pre-existing conditions, you'll probably pull through it. Um, you know, I, I'd hate to use that cliche phrase. It's like, it's no worse than the flu. You know, the flu is bad enough, you know, but uh, yeah, this thing, I think everyone's kind of overreacted to it. Especially yeah. in uh, Dallas, Texas, where I just came from, where that judge was like, well, don't you feel like you're being selfish talking to that uh, lady who wanted to reopen her uh, salon? Yeah, screw that guy, man. <laughs> I watched that video. That just pissed would- me off. Oh, I was standing up cheering and clapping when, when I heard it was like, well, it's not selfish for my stylist and I to want to feed our children, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's a hero. Yeah. She's great. But yeah, yeah I think calls now for her to be released. Which is good. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I mean, it was only I what think, six, six days think, or something. I think yeah. Abbott already uh, ordered her released. Yeah. Maybe, uh, Texas governor. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's at least good news. But uh, yeah, that whole shit show right there is just, <laughs> and then to send like the SWAT team with the porkiest of the porkers to go and arrest her because those pictures was, didn't do that sheriff, the sheriff's deputies any uh, favors. So they all looked like they were packing, you know, Big Macs and extra large. Yeah, so the, they started to go fund me for like a treadmill for their department. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I don't even think that would even work. They'd probably just use it just to hang their uh, their hats on, you know. Yeah, put their Dunkin' Donuts box on there. Yeah, <laughs> set it up like a conveyor belt so they can you know sit at the end with their mouths open. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle some Doritos out there, and yeah, yeah, catch the errant uh, Dorito dust in the air. You know, I don't know. It's uh, North Texas, so it might be more Cheetos fans. You never know. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, so, how's it going up there in uh, Washington uh, State? You know, now that you've got the other uh, murder hornets uh, flying around. Uh yeah, I haven't noticed any of these uh, murder hornets, Daniel. Have you, have you seen any of these things? I know we got well, them we, here supposedly, but we uh, we have a bee house or beehive on our porch. Oh, I don't know if there are. are... <laughs> murder hornets in it or not there's like mason bees and i wonder if the uh, invading forces might displace them and overtake their homes I, I don't know how that would work yeah i've uh people have been sharing that video of uh, coyote peterson uh getting stung by a murder hornet over and over again so i've seen it a whole bunch of times those things are as big as my thumb you know they are huge they're <laughs> If I saw that thing flying, I'd be like going, holy shit, we're being invaded. I yeah, I would probably too. run. <laughs> yeah, really. I'd be more afraid of that than COVID. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, for good for good reason. That, in that video of Coyote Pierce, Peterson, when after he got stung, his whole arm locked up. Like he couldn't even move it. And then the pain lasted for a couple of days. So. Wow. <laughs> it reminds me of that one guy who has... Um, intentionally stung himself with every known poisonous insect around the world. And he's rated them on a scale. I don't know where the murder hornets land, but he's talking about getting stinging himself with, you know, insects, I think like fire ants and all kinds of things that 
the pain lasts for days, and then he goes out and he finds a worse thing to sting himself with. I mean, what he's going to do for science, I guess. I don't know, man. Uh, I wonder if it's any way related to the Schmidt pain index. I think that's maybe, it. Yeah, maybe that guy. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> don't you uh, think, I, though, that that by injecting himself this many times that he's going to be altering his own body's chemistry and reaction to these things? So his perception is going to alter over the course of time just naturally because he's getting used to it and he's also developing right. antibodies and all of these things. So, and it's a subjective uh, measurement anyway. So yeah. how valuable is this really going to be? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm a redhead, so I feel pain totally different than the rest of you normies. So. <laughs> it might be difficult to uh, get volunteers for the unbiased study on that one, Daniel. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, and there's, there's really no way to measure it, right? Like, they'll have the little uh, sad face to happy face chart <laughs> when you go to the hospital and you're supposed yeah. to pick one. Yeah, what was it uh, my uncle said? It was like, always tell him it's an eight. Because nine is really, really serious. Like, that's broken femur territory. But eight's pretty bad, you know. <laughs> yeah. It'll so get them hot seven or eight. Up, yeah. yeah. Say seven or eight and they'll give you the good stuff. Yeah, really. Of course, being a redhead, that, that comes with its pitfalls. Because when the doctor comes in, it's like, okay, we're going to give you a shot of Demerol. And you're just like, nope, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, oh, so how Lord. are you a redhead down in the south? That can't <laughs> be working out. Uh, well, you know, I get a whole four minutes of sunshine before I have to run inside before I catch fire. Uh, yeah. Both from the sun and people wanting to burn me at the stake for being one of, you know, the devil's children. So. Well, that's just pragmatic makes good sense. That's just yeah. policy right there. Now, Robert, are you technically not a redhead, but you have a lot of the same. I don't know. What are you trying to say, Daniel? <laughs> what are you? Yeah. Say you what you mean. You don't need to veil it through this hate speech. Just tell me. Yeah, he's being are very gingerist. You, you a ginger fuck? I got a little bit of uh, reddish. I don't know. It's uh, crimson. A little bit of crimson. Yeah, in well, the beard. you got the pasty, uh, sensitive, sun sensitive skin. Yes, I know. I've had it my whole life. Thank you. And the freckles. You got freckles. You know, I think the freckles have mostly. Well, no, it's true. I have them on my arms. Those are. Yep. always been here but i used to have them on my cheeks i don't know about you eric but they pretty much disappeared Man, never had the uh, the freckles on my face well, mine's have always been on my arm and we get a new freckle for each soul we consume so just be on the lookout for that <laughs> yeah i once read i think in like a some kind of science journal that you're going to get all the freckles you'll ever have by the time you're age 25 or something like that and that was just total lie <laughs> total lie you just get more yeah, you just keep getting them. They just keep popping up no matter what. You yep. expose some new area of skin to the sun and swarms with freckles. Yep, because then your uh, skin is like, oh, we need to guard ourselves. All this UV radiation going on. Because otherwise it's all guarded from the sun. I mean, I don't expose my skin to that thing, that murder death ball. <laughs> I'm not going to yes, do that. The, uh, giant ball of burning plasma in the center of our solar system. Yeah. That both gives me life and plagues me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who's a strawberry blonde, but he actually tans when he goes out in the sun. So I call him Daywalker. <laughs> I know a Daywalker. Yes. <laughs> it's rare, but they do yeah. exist. It's like, ah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the lucky ones. Yep. Half a soul. Half a soul. <laughs> yeah, we, we aren't uh, soulless. We are very soulful. So just it's just the other souls that we have consumed over the years. But the other uh, redhead fact is you can't have two redheads in the same room together because then they start plotting each other's demise. We're genetically predisposed. <laughs> oh, can there be only one? There can be the Highlander only one. situation? Yes. <laughs> Understandable. You got to collect sure. all the souls that the other one has absorbed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think we just figured out the movie to have you on for, Eric. Oh, for Highlander? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, that's that sounds that sounds awesome. Because I, I recently rewatched it, and I'm like, oh, it's so 80s. <laughs> that's good for us. We went on an 80s streak for the last, uh, was it like around last fall, Robert? We were doing a bunch of 80s flicks, Karate Kid, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Gremlins kind of went through the, yeah. the gamut there. It was good. It was a good time. All the blockbuster uh, ones. Yeah. Varying results, but yeah. Varying results. <laughs> oh, oh, Robert, one day you'll like a movie. One day. Yo, man, I late. I don't know if you've listened to it lately, but I have actually enjoyed more movies than Dan. Daniel's been the the main hater. Oh, Daniel's starting to turn into the curmudgeon. Yeah, no, yeah, he's the yeah. old old angry man turned it around recently. Yeah, the uh, the one movie I didn't like the most was Kick Ass. I heard that episode with uh, Raylene. Yeah. <laughs> it actually gave me something to think about because when I watched it, I was just like, okay, well, this is a stupid popcorn movie. Uh, I could just watch this and turn my brain off for a little bit. And then after I was hearing you guys talk about it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's some problems with it, isn't there? <laughs> That's what we it's- do. We ruin, we ruin movies. <laughs> you know, yeah. waking that secret part in the back, back of my brain. That's our job. Well, we got to make something out of nothing. So, true. Yeah. And if we get someone to think a little bit differently about it, you know, because we do pepper in a little bit of philosophy and economics now and again. I mean, yeah. less so now. Like Robert pointed this out at the end of uh, Napoleon Dynamite, I think, where we're more of just a plain old movie review show now, where yeah. we used to be far more heavy on like trying to fit in economic arguments and things like that. Um, I don't know if it's because we're now sort of out of our evangelical phase or we're just, we've done this so much that we forgot what we had said or. Well, just how many times can you repeat the same economic facts and stuff? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's nice to throw it in there every now and then, especially if the scene applies to it. But uh, speaking of Napoleon dynamite, did you guys watch the after credit scene? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Cause not to do a wild stallion, man. Yeah. It's a great scene. Yeah, I heard that was half the budget. So they, they shot that after the studio bought it to release it. They're like, well, we need some kind of epilogue. Yeah. And so they took, I don't know, like $40,000. And the whole budget for the movie was like $40,000. So they doubled the budget just to get that five-minute scene at the end. Yeah. It's so great because uh, I'll talk to some people and they're just like, wait, there's an after credit scene? I was like, yeah, there is. It's great. Yeah, yeah before nice. Marvel, there was Napoleon Dynamite. That's right. Kit married LaFonda. was great. Uncle Rico was there. <laughs> he sings about technology. It's so good. Yeah. Actually, my favorite part of that movie was uh, Dietrich Bader's part. He's like, no one wants to take a roundhouse kick in the face while you're wearing these bad boys. <laughs> He's That's the right. best side character in the movie. Easily. Yeah. That was yeah. a big, uh, big part of our show. Was to yeah. determine who were the main leads and who were the side characters, and who was the best side character. And I love when he's choking out the woman. He says, "And the wisdom of a man." <laughs> yeah, wisdom of a man. Uh, I probably need to go back and rewatch that. It's been way too long. Especially yeah, I mean, when he's uh, trying to explain the difference between a a liger and a and a tigon. I think it doesn't get old, man. <laughs> But yeah, and then then uh, listen to our episode. See if see if you get any new perspective. Is there is there a new perspective? Did we have some insight into that movie? I don't remember yes. having like specific... oh oh that's right. Daniel's huge thesis. He tried to sell us on this thesis about how it was a coming of age story about what broken homes and stuff like that, right? Yeah, and infantilized oh, yeah, grown right. men yeah. who are yeah. still children. Kid is the living embodiment of that. I mean, right. what was it, four ninety nine a minute on the internet there? Yeah. Your grandma pays for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had a, I made, a, I think, a pretty strong argument. I mean, it wasn't, like, fully formed, but uh, I think it was enough to get some wheels turning. Well, it was the best point made, but, yeah. you know, didn't have a lot of confidence. It was also the only point made, so. Yeah, so it's the worst how- point and the best point. Our show is the worst show. It's also the best show that in what we do. <laughs> Schrodinger's point. It's both good and bad at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah. And we have a healthy healthy mix of both. We have we have good moments, lucid moments, and then just really uh shit show moments where the, the rails we fall off the rails occasionally. It's a good time. Well, every show a lot of 
Biden moments lately where my brain just loses track. It's it's, it's frightening getting older. <laughs> yes, uh, it's definitely not for the week. That is for sure. You just got to own it. Yeah, yeah. As soon as the uh, the old white hair started showing up in the uh, in the chin, there, I was like, oh, there goes my youth right there. Yeah. I used to have the uh, the wonderful, you know, two white stripes going down each end. And I was like, oh, man, that looks so cool. That mm. <laughs> it just all kind of grew together. I was like, dang it. Mm. Oh, well. Daniel still has his boyish good looks, except he's starting to look more and more like George W. Bush every minute. <laughs> Looking more and more like a war criminal. So that's, that's good news, you know, good for me. <laughs> well, who's not a war criminal these days? I mean, come on. Yeah, Pretty much everybody. <laughs> well, I yeah. consider what's going on now with all the shutdowns to be an act of war of, 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 on our own people. So all those governors, it's yep. sanctions. Sanctions are an act of war. That is very true. When Ron Paul, Ron Paul said it, he said it best. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's one thing I've actually gotten into a heated argument about was a uh, economic sanctions put on Iran uh, after the you know nuclear deal fell apart. And I was like, yes, you know, that's an act of war. And someone was like, no, it's not. You know, we're just preventing them from getting food and medicine and stuff. <laughs> so they start acting, right? I was like, okay, rewind what you said. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. Let's put two and two together. You're starving out people. And violently. preventing them from getting medicine. Yeah, and it's the population. It's Killing not them. the leadership. Yeah. You know, it's not their military that's being affected per se. I mean, yeah, the military probably has less available to abscond with, but they're still going to get the lion's share of whatever's there. Yeah. Yep. That's true in all regimes, like yeah. North Korea, where those government soldier jobs are highly sought after because at least you get to eat. Hey, y'all, before we get back into it, I just want to tell you about a new podcast I learned about. It's called The Porcupine Perspective. Check them out. Porcupine, P-O-V dot porcupinepodcast.com. Yeah, and even with the, uh, on the opposite side of that coin, with the uh, foreign aid, you know, you're now stealing from poor people in a rich country and giving it to rich people in a poor country. You know, there's yeah. no way that can do well. So. What's Walter Block call that? The three M's? So it's for Mercedes, uh, munitions, and, and uh, monuments, something like that? Yeah, that sounds like Walter Block. <laughs> or maybe you said uh, machine guns. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, uh, you know, if anyone can take a look at the uh, Somalia issue back in the early 90s. You know, that was that was all it was. Trying to get one to be the president of the country. And it was like, stupid. Yeah, you know, we actually had um, a guest on for Captain Phillips, who's married to someone from Somalia. He's been there or she she's not from Somalia, right? She's like from Kenya, but she, yeah, he knew like neighboring. But she's got a lot of family in there in Somalia, I think. Yeah. Like so he gave us like a whole background on it during the episode. It was really good. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, what is it? Mayersk is the ones that uh, a whole bunch of stuff out there. So uh, there's no other recourse than for the Somalis to be pirates. And that was basically yeah what the argument was made, like yeah. That, um, what was it? I forget the exact reason why that, but their their economy had just been strangleholded. Yeah, so it's like it's you lost, know, you know. <laughs> yeah, desperate people do desperate things, and uh, you know, piracy is among them. So, pretty silly stuff. But you can't explain that to you know Jim Bob and Bubba Joe over down at at the watering hole because they don't understand that kind of stuff. Yeah, what yeah. is the culture like in the South? I mean, is it a lot of uh, anti-government distrust? It's such a weird, weird mix because you'll see, you know, an F-150 pickup go down the street and it's got the Malone LeBay, you know, Spartan Shield and the, you know, come and take it and everything, the Gadsden flag. And then right next to that, there'll be a cross with a blue line in it indicating that, you know, Christian soldiers are the police. And they just confused. Yeah, they just can't quite get. There was a great picture of some guy LARPing 
<laughs> and I call them LARPers, but the guy had like a rebel flag, uh, a thin blue line flag sticker on his uh, plate carrier and was talking about, you know, if the government comes in here, we're going to do, I was like, look at yourself in the mirror for just a minute. A couple of these patches don't belong. Like, Consistency yeah, is not where you're going to find, you're not going to find a lot of it in, uh, no. yeah. Most statists, it's there's a lot of cognitive dissonance. Yeah, not that we don't have it too, but I mean everybody's yeah. got it. But it's just really obvious from our perspective. Yeah, this pandemic has really exposed a lot of people for just the biases and and the the misinformation and and the echo chambers that have occurred. So now people are just totally dismissing out of hand anything that doesn't confirm their previously held beliefs. And it's also really amazing to me just how far more outnumbered we are than I expected, than I ever thought possible. Uh, it's, it's. I bet that the uh, the mortality rate that COVID is going to end up being is probably the uh, population that is of like mind with us. Like we're we're ninety nine point you know seven percent against. Yeah. Uh, outnumbered. Yeah, it's uh, one thing, you know, when I go to like little Liberty meetups and I see like a bunch of new faces and I'm like, oh, man, maybe we're really turning the corner here. And then I see video of parents and their children standing in their driveway singing the national anthem, <laughs> you know, mm. or, or saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And you're like, oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> so close, but yet so far away. Yeah, there was some what poll, right, that said that trust in government's high, higher than ever. I, yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah. How is that even possible? Well, see, Robert, they're playing both sides. They're like Mac in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They tell you, yeah. you know, one thing and then they tell you the exact opposite. So they got to be right at least one out of the two times. So yeah, you that can way they'll them. always be ahead. So you just pick yeah. the thing you agree with and then you're like, oh, these guys are good people. Yeah. I know there's are saying. And then you got to shut down any dissenting voices. You got to use your uh, your connections with social media and and other media to quell all dissent, shut it down, deplatform it, delete yep. the videos, whatever. You know, and when, when those things happen, it makes me like, okay, what are they trying to hide? Why don't they want me to see this? So then I go and look for it. Yeah, and even if the you know, I saw that pandemic video go make the rounds and I was like, okay, well, even if these people are just batshit crazy, let them talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 Expose their bad ideas. If they're bad, expose their bad ideas. Yeah. yeah tell me where they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Should be easy, right? Yeah. Then they had this one doctor who's like, well, I can just tell you right now, this person did this and they're just terrible. And then, you know, five seconds into the video, it's crazy sauce. I was like, okay, throw the ad hominems away. <laughs> Just break it down. Where are these people going wrong at? But they can't do that. They, not without calling everybody stupid and crazy at the same time. So, yeah, and the irony is that <laughs> they're the ones behaving in this stupid and crazy way. Exactly. Yeah, I just say <laughs> let them talk. Hard for trade-offs either. Like all these shutdowners, pro-shutdowners, have no conception of what the downstream effects are going to be. Yeah, you know. Well, we're already running out of beef up here. I mean, we we run this Thai food business, and we're I don't think we're going to even have beef tomorrow. We're looking into ways to do more vegetarian dishes and more chicken dishes because yeah. you just can't get it. Well, Soylent Green is people, Robert. So there's that's what you got to do. So we got to raid the COVID victims. Yeah, turn them into Thai food. Yeah, all yeah. of the bodies that are stacked up in refrigerated trailers stacked up like cordwood those people yeah. just falling down in droves yeah yeah that's another episode we did recently that was a really good episode was the uh pandemic movie or uh, outbreak i guess one of the uh, the disease movies we did outbreak contagion yeah that's right yeah we should have done outbreak because i think outbreak is probably the better movie that movie actually had the most realistic firebomb scene i have ever seen in a film right at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I was there watching, I was like, yep, that's how napalm works. <laughs> so I had a good technical advisor on that one, I guess. Uh, are you telling me you've seen uh, napalm in real life there, Eric? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the army. I, I know what napalm looks like when it goes off. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, is, is napalm, napalm is the gel? So it's like... Yeah, it's petroleum gel. And when it catches, it's blue flame. So it burns intensely hot. But because it's gel, it sticks on you. Which for a human being is not going to be a good day. No, that sounds like a war crime. Just a little bit. So is white phosphorus, but we drop that all the time too. So, wow, yeah, nasty, nasty shit. Human beings are good at killing each other. Yeah, human beings excel at being inhumane to each other. So, all the more reason to not have a government. Yes, concentrate mm-hmm. that power. Yeah, and we saw what happened in the 20th century: eleven thousand people a day, every day for 100 years. Yep. So, Eric, when you were in the military, was it like you already had these views and you're just like, hey, this is a job I'm doing? Or did it help wake you up or did it happen afterwards? Yeah, it happened a a little bit during that because it was uh, 1998 and uh, Osama bin Laden had just bombed the Kobar Towers. And so uh, Fort Benning, Georgia was put on lockdown. And so our morning runs uh, had MPs at every intersection. And, you know, watching us and everything, because you got to keep the eye on the trainees, I guess. But um, doing a uh, exercise, we're learning how to capture prisoners. And uh, one of the drill sergeants just thought he would be hilarious and say, uh, well, I want you guys to throw these for a loop. I want you guys to say you're American. You have rights. And, you know, my hand goes up, uh, drill sergeant. When would we ever be attacking Americans and arresting them? And he goes, well, you remember those riots back in 92? One day they'll beg for us to be in a big city. I was like, okay. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so after that, when I um, got a hernia, it was, like my, <laughs> it was like my golden ticket. I was like, okay, I'm out of here. I was like, yeah, but we fixed your hernia. You can continue. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't, you don't no mas, no mas. <laughs> no grasses. So is that what Klinger should have done in MASH? Not try yeah. to be a woman, but... Just get a hernia or something? Yeah, get a hernia. Yeah, there you go. Instead of trying to claim some kind of mental instability that nobody was believing. You know. <laughs> hmm. Or you could do the uh, John Kerry route. You know, Make sure something blows up next to you so you can get a little piece of rice stuck in your skin. Yeah, I don't know much about that. Is that the Swift Boat thing? Yeah, he was uh, doing everything he could to get a Purple Heart so he can go home. So he would put himself into stupid situations to get himself hurt. So, but yeah, a lot of that was accurate. But not like um, mortal danger, just like he knew yeah. he might catch a little something. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's okay. been a couple movies, right, where somebody will just like stick their hand up out of the trench or expose some part of their body. I think in World War One they did that quite a bit, <laughs> shooting themselves to try and get out of it. Yeah, draftees. Um, <laughs> There was a whole bunch of stories while I was in the military. We had one guy who was uh, on the cadre that was uh, the teaching staff, and he was uh, talking to us, and he was in the Vietnam War, and he goes, yeah, draftees are the worst things you can possibly have in a war. I was like, okay, why is that? He's like, they'll do the dumbest things to get out of there. So, you know, in the middle of the night when we're all crawling across a rice paddy, you know, in the muck, in the dark, trying to sneak up on a supply line, and the draftee stands up and starts screaming and shouting, give away our position just so you can get shot. Yeah. That yeah. You're going to do shit like that. You get shot by your own guys. Yeah. It's called fragging and it does happen. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that like the premise of um, the Michael J. Fox movie casualties of war? Oh man. That's been, I don't know. In platoon there was uh they killed the, I want to say they killed the, one of the, the asshole Sergeant guy. So yeah. Maybe. Tom Berenger, you know, the Scarface guy. Casualties of War, I have a hard time with that movie now that I'm thinking about it because he wakes up on the train at the end and I'm like, did he just dream all that? Or was he actually there and just remembering it? Because it didn't really say. It's been a long time since I've seen that one, but that was them uh, like burning a village, right? That's like the Me yeah. Lie thing? Yeah, the Me Lie thing. And then um, it was like part of it was burning a village and then raping one of the villagers. But at the end, it just confused me because he wakes up on the train and it's like, okay, was this just a dream that he was having? Or? Hmm. Don't know. I thought that uh, Born on the Fourth of July was all about the My Lai Massacre. Uh-huh. They're both there. I don't know. Yeah. I know the uh, Born on the Fourth of July also featured the uh, protest at the DNC in Chicago. 
if I'm getting my facts straight. Maybe the 68. Yeah, mm, sounds about right. Look at us all us talking vaguely about movies. We're vaguely trying to remember. <laughs> yes, stimulating content. No, I yeah, I haven't seen either of those in like two decades. So. Well, now we just arrived at the title of the episode: Three Middle Agers Trying Their Best. <laughs> <laughs> That's us every week, man. Yeah. yeah. And uh, God bless the glowing rectangle of human knowledge, because without it, my would be lost completely. So. <laughs> yeah, I've really come to rely on the old telephone. I used to be able to just remember things. Now it's like, well, what does Google have to say? Yeah. What does the new Oracle of Delphi tell me? Yeah. Yeah, if I didn't have like reminders and a set schedule on there, I'd be lost because, you know, I'm riddled with ADHD and I don't get medicated for it. So I'm fun to be around sometimes. <laughs> Ouch. Is that a. Is that a choice or is that uh, lack of uh, disability, whatever? Uh, happened when I was uh, younger. So I was like about eight or nine, got diagnosed with it. And then my dad was like one of those abusive types. He was like, yeah, we ain't giving you any kind of medicine. Those doctors don't know what they're talking about. So mm. I, I look back on it now. I was like, yeah, maybe I should have been medicated for it. But I've learned to adjust. So. Have you ever tried stuff? I'm sure you've tried stuff. No, I haven't tried a single thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just got my little system of alarms and little reminder notes and having the, you know, fondle slab definitely helps because it just automatically pops up for me. It's like, okay, your five minutes of goof off every hour is done. You know, time to get back to work. So, mm. Dig it. Which I'm pretty sure I am a uh, supervisor's worst nightmare. It's like, oh, he's always on that phone. It's like, yeah, if I didn't, I would be a mess. <laughs> What is it you do down there? Uh, I am a civil designer. So uh, all of those projects that involve, you know, moving land around to make it look better, or in this case, it's a uh, drainage canal that's going to go from the Mississippi River over into the Barataria Bay. It's like about two miles long. Keep sediment out of the river. So that one's consuming my time recently. Sounds like a big engineering project. Oh, yeah, it's pretty huge. Also sounds like you're fighting natural forces. Isn't that the whole point of a river, especially the biggest one that is around? Yeah, it's really funny. You watch some of the old studies. It was like, okay, well, this was the river position 100 years ago, and here it is today. And then the Army Corps of Engineers had been fighting a battle trying to keep the Mississippi to flow through New Orleans to keep that port there. And if they would just let it, it would probably have gone through Lafayette at this point. Hmm. Really? 60 miles in the other direction, so... It's gradually moving west. Yep. And then, you know, who knows? Could you come back to east? It's, uh, if you ever take like a piece of glass and then like roll just water down it, you'll see that it'll change direction all the time. And it's basically the same thing. Hmm. But I mean, there's so much volume of sediment coming down, right? Like, isn't it just. Yeah. And with the levee system they built, um, it basically comes out of the, uh, the Mississippi out into the Gulf like a fire hose. So it just basically shoots out and then it causes a swirling effect in the Gulf and it deposits that sediment in other parts. So there's a part in Atchafalaya that's actually built up a couple of islands over the years, but has eroded some of the, uh, the wetlands away in other areas. So, yeah. Is there a, a town at the end of one of those? Uh, it's Grand Isle or Grand Island? Yeah, Grand Isle is one of those. It's a pretty popular fishing spot. Okay. I, I met some guys from there like 20 years ago, 25 yeah. years ago. Longer ago than that. Jeez, I was in high school. <laughs> it was, they, were, they were pretty funny. Yeah, that's like their entire livelihood down there. Is they'll go down and fish all day on Grand Isle. It's a pretty nice little spot there. Okay. Now, was that where um, Forrest Gump, Bubba Gump was from, like in that movie? No, that was uh, Iowa Alabama. Battery. Yeah, Iowa Battery, Alabama. Didn't you watch no movies, Daniel? <laughs> hey, I haven't seen that in like twenty years. We got to do that one too. We should. Yeah, he's uh, he's not Vietnamese enough to be a uh, shrimp fisherman, so <laughs> <laughs> down to Fushan, Louisiana, 
to go buy a shrimp and stuff. Uh, that's, that's all you deal with down there is the Vietnamese uh, ship captains. Hmm. And they've always got like their teenage uh, sons and daughters uh, doing all the uh, translating for you. So what, uh, what, what created that situation? Like why are there so many Vietnamese boat captains yeah. in that spot? Yeah, that's refugees from the Vietnam War. Um, so a lot of them went to Houston. So uh, if you ever go to downtown Houston, a lot of the signs are both in English and in Vietnamese. Mm. And then uh, some of them came over to Louisiana because it's fairly similar to what they had back in Vietnam. So they, they mm. took to it pretty quickly. So. Okay. Yeah, I've seen other uh, refugees tend to settle in certain areas and form communities. And so yeah. they'll be in little pockets around the country like that. Yeah, it's really sure. wild when you go up to Deer Michigan, you see all of the Arabs, and you're like, it's too cold up here. What are you guys doing up here? And then there are a bunch of like Somalis up there too. Yeah, yeah. Somalis uh, another big population up there as well. Really good uh Kenefe and uh <laughs> and hummus, of course. Yeah, nothing nothing wrong with good food. Yeah, exactly. I truly think that food will probably be the thing that will broker peace. You know, once we taste all the delicious uh, dishes that they have, you know, it's kind of hard to be mad at somebody when your stomach is full. Of course, the flip side is after all these lockdowns, um, <laughs> food might be getting scarce. So, very true. Yeah, let's see how this goes. Yeah, you guys able to get uh, beef where you're at right now? So far, the only thing that I've seen in short supply is pork which is really weird because we have a pig bomb that's going off over here in louisiana and texas i mean you could probably yeah, last time i was in texas they were all talking about the feral hogs and if you see one yeah kill it if you can yeah it's pretty much open season on them yeah. same thing over here in louisiana i mean that and coyotes are the only two things that it's like there's no set limit to them you can kill as many as that you need but yeah i've uh I like to use, make my own uh, breakfast sausage. So I usually rely on ground pork. And when I go into the store, I can't find it anymore. Hmm. So I have to take a pork one if I can find that and dice it up in the uh, food processor for it. But Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of stories about them thinning herds and culling hogs and chickens and, and uh, all of those things. And they're um, tilling in onions and potatoes and all of these uh, other crops because there's nobody to harvest them. There's nobody to process them. There's no restaurants open to uh, use them or there's very few or many, yeah. much fewer restaurants. And um, we get a, a box of meat delivered every month called butcher box. And yeah. they shut down taking new customers about two months ago when this started hmm. kicking off. Uh, we're still getting ours, but um uh, I heard Wendy's just stopped serving hamburgers. Yeah, the uh, the full size, like the little juniors, they still have those. So, like, different size meat patty, I guess. Yeah, I heard, uh, like, one in five Wendy's is out of meat, out of beef. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's going to be a fun day with all, with all the Karens running around when uh, people are starting to not get any food. Yeah, not get their Happy Meals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they want to talk to all the managers. Oh, yes, every single one of them. But yeah, so far, food, not so much an issue. I have noticed there is a uh, little bit of a dwindling supply of milk. But um, well, I heard that they were like giving away milk because they just, they got it, they can't move it. Because yeah, I mean, cows, they keep producing regardless. So you got to just dumping it or just donating it or whatever. Uh, Aren't there I, a bunch of restrictions? Marked down. It was like four fifty a gallon at one point. Now it's like two dollars. So they are, mm. you know, not practically giving it away, but definitely on sale. Just everything's all jacked up. Yeah, it was really funny. At first, when uh, everyone went crazy to go buy toilet paper, you know, I would go over to the store just to see what they had. I was like, oh man, toilet paper's all gone. And it was like, then the paper towels went. And then the uh, the party napkins went, and I was like, "Man, plumbers around Baton Rouge are going to be rich after this is all done because all those clogged toilets." Yeah, it was no interesting doubt. to see the uh, sort of cascading failure. Like 
toilet paper would run out. So then, to- then paper towels, and then bidets. There was a run on bidets. Yeah. And then uh, uh, more recently, there was a run on generators, and now freezers. So you can't find generators or freezers anymore. Yeah, it's you- like all the stuff that you should have had already. Yeah. But- yeah, but it keeps moving back. You know, up the supply chain. Like, okay, this is gone. So now we got to move to the next best alternative. And yeah. then those are gone. So there's a whole lot of stress going on in the system. It's uh, it's kind of scary stuff. I mean, I haven't been in the store in uh, almost three weeks now. And I think we got another week, week and a half before I need to go again. So I, it'd be interesting to see what happens, what it's like. I haven't been out in a while. Uh, Robert makes fun of me because I never leave the house anyway. But And rightfully so. <laughs> Not only is he turning into a curmudgeon, he's turning into a hermit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Curmudgeon-y hermits. Next thing you know, Daniel's going to be sitting on the front porch. You dang kids with your hippity-hoppity music. <laughs> oh, he's already yelling at his neighbors. Already yelling at the neighbors? Yeah. He was thinking about blaming, uh, blaming a chicken death on one of his neighbors. Uh-oh. What are you talking about? They yeah. He killed a chicken, and then he didn't want to take the blame for it, so he was going to blame it on his neighbor. Strife. Under the bus. I Give you. an excuse to invade. Where are you getting this? I had what? a false flag with a chicken? What are you talking about? Yeah, false flag chicken attack. Come what? on now. No, no, I told, I told the girl that dad screwed up. I, I took I, I took responsibility. <laughs> He's trying to Saddam Hussein uh, excuse. They were slant drilling into my land. <laughs> <laughs> they were babies and incubators. Yes. It's the Gulf of Chicken incident. Chickens, chickens and incubators. The Gulf of Chicken incident. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I made the mistake of, of allowing the chickens and the dog to be in the same sector, and I wasn't quick enough to prevent the clampdown that uh, was a little too rough on one chicken body. Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, just a reminder for everybody out there, your lovely little Pomeranian, yes, was descended from a wolf from 30,000 years ago, and they still have some of that. Lars practically is a wolf. It's a uh, <laughs> husky, so oh, still more wolf-like than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I have a blackmouth cur, and that is uh, she. She's a forty-five pound ball of muscle, and if she clamps down on something, it it's not coming back up. <laughs> mm. Is that kind of like a pit bull? Yeah, they're kind of like that. Um, if you ever take a look at uh, some of them using your Fondos Lab or Google Matrix, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're uh, a type of class of dog called maulers. So they'll clamp down on something and they got really powerful jaws. Mm. As a hunting dogs meant to hold game down until the hunter came over to spear it. So. Makes sense. They're doing their jobs. Yep. They have to work. So, yeah. Little fluffy white dogs around her. It's not going to be a good day for the little fluffy white dog. Can't take her to the dog park anymore. She's tried to murder too many of the little dogs. So it's like, okay, just going to get you out of this situation. Jeez. Yeah, our dog loves dog parks. She's it's like freaking going to Disneyland for her. So many butts to sniff. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> gets to run, chase things. It's perfect. But we haven't been able to go in a while, which is sad. Sad dog. Yeah, and Husky is another uh, high-energy dog, too. So you need, you need to kind of work him around a little bit. Yeah, and she's really smart. So yeah, she that, uh, knows how to escape or at least tries to. It's like this constant battle of she comes up with a new way to escape and I have to board that up somehow. And then she figures out another way. And when she gets out, she doesn't hang around. She She's <laughs> off running down the street and into the woods. Yeah, my uh, blackmouth cur did that. We had a um, half golden retriever and half black lab, and those two would escape together, and then they would go run around the neighborhood. Then the uh, the black lab got hit by a car, and ever since then, she hasn't wanted to escape the yard. So, no. problem, reaction, solution. There you go. But it's pretty fun. Yeah, I let her go in the yard, and she'll bark at people down the street and everything. It was like. Okay, dog, they can walk on the street. Let me know if they're actually in my driveway. You know. <laughs> yeah, dogs around here are very much, if I can see it, I'm barking at it. I don't care where it is. 
And there's sometimes she'll just sit on the, because the, the way her couch sits, it's like right up against the window to the, to the front door. And uh, she'll just sit on the arm of the couch, just looking out the window and I'll hear her start growling and everything. I'm looking at her. I was like, what do you see? And then all of a sudden I'll see like a little dog, like a quarter mile of away, just walking across the street. And I was like, seriously, <laughs> not even close. To you don't need to warn me about that dog. It's okay. It's like, yeah, I'm fine. It's like, please, just let me know when somebody's like in the driveway. Show some discernment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes she'll start growling over there. I was just like, hey, you, turn your radar off. Doesn't need to be on right now. Yeah. She's like government, one answer for every problem. Yeah, one size fits all. It's all nailed to us. <laughs> I will growl and bark at anything. And then I will bite viciously if it doesn't do what I tell it to. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I think that's a pretty good uh, place to uh, drop it off for this evening. Uh, go ahead and uh, plug whatever you guys get. Make sure to send all my listeners your way if they're not there already. Sure, yeah. So we are the uh, Actual Anarchy Boys. We do the Last Nighters in the Actual Anarchy podcast. We talk about movies from a Rothbardian and anarcho-capitalist perspective. We're also found on the Launchpad Media. We have guests every week, and we talk about a different movie. It's about an hour long, and uh, we have a good time. We've been doing it for what, two and a half years now. We're on episode 180 of Actual Anarchy and 123 of The Last Nighters. So check it out at actualanarchy.com or lastnighters.com. You can see all the other stuff I do at danielelwood.com, and you can buy things from Robert. His design work is at trubster.com. That's T-R-U-B-B-S-T-E-R.com. I think that's everything. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Ah, no problem. I'm glad you guys could come on and start short notice. It was like, what, this morning? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, can't wait to catch up with you guys again. Uh, but uh, y'all have a great night, okay? All right, All right thanks, you man. too, man. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. All right, thanks.